Hey, Eric, have you ever created any fall or winter festivals for your players? Not yet, but tonight we shall and show you how to do it. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblins Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're doing fall and winter festivals. That's right. We've bypassed the Great Pumpkin and gone straight to harvest time. It's true. So tonight we're going to teach you guys how to write and create your own fantasy festivals or sci-fi festivals if you like, but they're all festivals of a fall or winter nature yeah. and maybe even some monsters to toss in as well for these things. Sure thing. You never know, right? But before we get to all of that, if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people and get notified when more awesome episodes come your way. And if you're listening to the podcast... Give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. We would enjoy that. Indeed. Yeah. So, Matt, we, we've kind of gone into this a tad, but why have a fall or winter festival at all? It is great for world building and for providing lore for your players. Yeah. I mean, that's a great reason. Your game does not need to be dumb. No. You need to fill it full of really interesting stuff for your players and festivals of any type, really. But the, since it's the fall now, fall and winter festivals are kind of fun to toss into a game indeed additionally there it adds some kind of realism to your game and this is something we've mentioned a lot in that when you add realism it gives you a little bit more investment as a character when you're playing a character yeah all over the world seasonal festivals have cropped up in nearly every culture it only makes sense that you would have some forms of seasonal festivals in the cultures in your game. No doubt there'd be several, right? Yep. You have different cultures in your game. They might be different ones per culture or even multiple ones per the same culture. Indeed. And tonight we'll show you how to make some of that. Additionally, and of course we love this as well, interesting downtime options. Sure. What does that mean? Side quests, right? Yeah. I mean, what's better than getting you know thrown up on a... Uh, <laughs> being burned for some kind of foul sorcerer accidentally or stepping into a pumpkin and turning out that you've basically engaged in a pumpkin fight. Indeed. That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah. You imagine the monk throwing pumpkins, deflecting yeah. them. Psh, psh, psh. Or you grab the wrong pumpkin and end up in a unexpected pact with the great pumpkin. That would also, that would be, yes, the great pumpkin. We'll make that as a monster, guys. Speaking of thrown pumpkins, Matt, it gives you the potential for harvest-oriented combat or cult-related activities and even magical events. Or all three. Yes. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Again, going back to the pumpkin monk. Yeah. I would even consider uh, some harvest-related spells. That might be fun as well. Like threshing? Sure. I don't know any other harvest-related things, so I'm not a farmer. But if you're a farmer, let us know. Maybe we can come up with some spells for that. Also, as we mentioned before, in addition to getting people engaged in playing the world, it allows them to indulge in the world, maybe even allowing your characters to create some festivals of their own, right? Sure. Imagine the players, as they're playing their character, maybe making up some kind of ridiculous holiday. Yeah, and then sell it. And sell it to somebody else. Exactly. Just, oh, well, where I'm from, this is the one of the harvest festivals that we do. And that, like, make it up whole cloth and then convince a community that that's something they should be doing. Sure. I mean, where do all of our holidays come from anyway? 
I'm sure some of it comes from actual like rituals and beliefs, but I bet a lot of it comes from a bunch of shucksters just trying to get one over on you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Also, and this is also important, it gives the players a sense of time in your world. Yeah, because it shows that seasons are passing. Absolutely. All right. So let's say you want to build a fall or a winter festival, Matt. Okay. We've got some steps, some options that you can do to build that festival. How do we start? I cannot oversell this for people. It's an oldie but a goodie. Rebuild or just blatantly steal the real world analog. Right. So if you've got Christmas, hey, you celebrate Christmas or Festivus for the rest of us? Cool. Throw that into your game world. Call it a different name. Easy peasy, right? That's it. Yeah. And if you're playing a sci-fi game, you don't even have to change it. Like you're just... Somebody's throwing a retro Christmas party. Dun, dun, Call it dun. Cyber Christmas. Just put Cyber in the name of everything, no, or no. X for Extreme. You drink some more Mountain Dew while I say this. Xmas. Xmas. Oh. Look at that. Welcome to Xmas. Spacemas. Futurama did that. Yeah. It was Robot Santa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an oldie but goodie, folks. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, just like in fantasy calendars, how they have seven days. A lot of them. Yeah. Except for Faerun, which has ten which is always irritating when you try to do math in your head for what day of the year is it in Faerun? I'm sure Ed Greenwood would know. It's true. If anybody would know, Ed would know. Yeah, year of the laughing skink or whatever. Yeah, something. Year of the uh, backflipping dog. Sure. <laughs> something else you can do is you can purposely build for a narrative experience that you and your players are trying to have. So what are we talking about here? So uh, thematic downtime, right? Either something like a morbid or morose kind of holiday. I mean, traditional Halloween or Day of the Dead. Although Day of the Dead is more of a celebration, yeah. right? It's If you look at it from the outside, it's, it's about dead family members. Sure, right? it, yeah. It sounds morbid. It just isn't. So you're talking about like what kind of style are you going for? Right. Is it something that's strictly fun, like say the modern Halloween, mm-hmm. or is it something that's really more death oriented? Is it boring or is it not boring? That's how my brain sees it. You can also craft for the purposes of allowing your players to have an unexpected experience. Again, side quests. Sure. Right? Now, what does that mean in terms of game and story as running this as a DM? What sounds fun? Sure. Make up a holiday. Oh, you guys have some downtime. You just got done killing the big bad. They're loaded with treasure. The paladin is on a cart because he drowned in the swamp, and they're trying to find him to get rest. Just so happens there's a holiday where if you bring your dead people, he might have a chance of becoming resurrected and infected with some kind of evil vampiric virus, perhaps. Sure. Uh, or, or not. Or whatever. Or not. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Make him an undead paladin, guys. (laughs) So what ties into your story? Sure. What's absolutely not part of your story? Okay. So, for example, Raised Dead may be easier on certain holidays. Right. So you've got that. Uh, That's going to be dragging your dead paladin into town. To get infected with the vampiric virus. For that holiday. Yes. Is far more... uh, sensible than dragging your dead paladin into town and accidentally discover that there's a festival of balloons going on although if he gets resurrected 
during the Festival of Balloons, oh, there's going to be a quirk from that resurrection from that. But yes, you can you can either tailor it to theme what's going on in your story, or you can have it completely be opposite and random. And he, that's a lot of fun. He gets to levitate once per day, but he has to inflate to do it. Can you imagine his, his armor just starts creaking and bulging? He just kind of, look, it's a lead balloon in the sky. Nope, it's a resurrected paladin. Don't let him drown. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the mechanics of creating a festival, Matt. When you're creating a festival, you need to ask yourself several different types of questions. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of that? What's the length of the festival? How long is it going to be, right? Is it a day? An evening? 40 in, years? In modern times, we're used to having one-day holidays. In olden times, one-day holidays were fairly rare. Yeah, they fucking partied. That's yeah. what they did. I mean, what else you got to do? Yeah, it was, Things were three- to five-day events, sometimes seven, like the full week, right? And Yeah, they planted crops. Yeah. They killed some monsters, and they got lit. Yep. Just absolutely... Made, made more baby farmers. Yeah. I mean, it's what you got to do, right? Yep. What feeling are you trying to deliver to your players? Right? Happiness, sadness, having a sad or somber holiday might fit thematically with the story. And so it'd be kind of cool to interject that. Maybe you've been playing some really grim, dark stuff and you want to kind of lighten the mood. Well, Festival of Balloons will do that. Absolutely. Right? Festival of Jesters. Yeah. Festival of Jesters. Bring that paladin back. Put a little color on his armor. <laughs> he only stays alive as long as his armor is bright yellow and hot pink. Wicks back up. Why the long face? <laughs> what opportunities are you offering your players with this festival? So you're thinking in terms of uh, character options, maybe, or maybe options to role play or meet NPCs? Yeah. What's on the table? Right. Uh, could be like a market day festival at which point in time it's a great shopping episode if you will yeah and we've talked about shopping and downtime episodes before and if you haven't go check out our downtime episode indeed what behaviors rituals that sort of thing are being performed by the participants now this can include games games of chance or just games in general right because it's a festival you're celebrating right this sure. isn't necessarily a ritual Right, when you got a bunch of cultists, although you certainly can. Yeah, absolutely. Who's to say the cultists can't party, right? Absolutely. It might get freaky. You could have contests, contests of strength, contests of chance, whatever that. You could have people get married during festivals. People do now. People yeah. get married on Halloween or Dragon Christmas. Con. Dragon Con. Yeah, well, that's definitely a festival, right? Indeed. Dragon Con is a festival. You could have stabbings. Who knows? Well, think about trick-or-treating, right? That is realistically a ritual that children perform during Halloween. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. So think about incorporating kind of the real life, like what would people be doing during your festival? Speaking of what they're doing, what kind of behaviors, taboos, and so forth are allowed or not allowed? If something's taboo, for example, egging people's houses is generally frowned upon in most cultures. It's true. I mean, people do it anyway, but it, it is frowned upon. It's frowned upon, though. Not supposed to do that. What is the set dressing for this festival? What do you mean by that? So are people in costume, are houses or locations decorated with, you know, lights or specific colors, that sort of thing? So like not wearing white after Labor Day. Right. Yeah. Sure. Got no, That's sh- a taboo. That's, oh, is that a taboo? Yeah, okay. No white shoes after Labor Day. 
Yeah. So what are they? What are they wearing? Right. And also, what are they eating? Festivals always have food. Indeed. What are some other? What are some of the qualities of a festival? Where is it located? Is it a regional festival? Is it a town? Like a Founders Day might just just be for that town. Or it could be all over the world. Everybody celebrates this particular event. Indeed. More specifically, where is it actually taking so, place? Yes. Does it yeah. take place in the house? Like, does everybody do their own thing at home? Or do they celebrate it in a market or a church or out in the open field? Yeah. Like a music festival is going to have to take place someplace that will hold a large audience. Yeah. Yeah. Bardicon. Yeah. All the bards gather around and they, they get down and party. Mm-hmm. That would be a great fall festival. Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bards. <laughs> Think about that. That'd be great. And finally, one of the more fun things, because it's a game, give it some quirks, right? Sure. Just weird quirks or maybe some unusual behaviors that people do while they're there or magic quirks. Or even monster quirks. Monster quirks would be great. Maybe monsters act strangely during that time of year, right? Could be. Could be mating season form. Who knows? <laughs> All of these apply to both fall and winter festivals. Doesn't matter if you're doing a fall festival or a winter festival. I just, my brain was like, so we're going to throw this festival about the Ankeg mating season, right? It's because <laughs> they, they finally stopped eating our horses and tearing up our farm. They're just getting busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, that's that's reason to party enough. And then, oh, it's like a, uh, it would be like an Easter analog though, right? Because when the mating season's done, everybody goes hunting Ankeg eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make a giant ant keg omelets. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. There you go. You're welcome. That one's free. So all of these apply to both fall and winter festivals. It doesn't really matter which one, right? They, these all have the same qualities. The difference in terms of, at least in our opinion, of the difference between a fall and a winter festival really comes down to the thematics. Sure. What themes are you trying to portray with your fall festival versus your winter festival? Makes sense. So it seems appropriate that me. Maybe go into a couple of themes regarding fall and winter festivals, don't you think? Yep. All right. Start with fall, obviously. The first theme, pretty clearly, harvest. In most temperate climates, this is a huge deal. Every fall festival is a harvest festival. It might be other stuff as well. But it's generally but harvest. But it's a harvest festival. They might harvesting corn, harvesting crops, harvesting bodies. Who knows? They're harvesting something, right? That's a monster festival. That's right a there. monster festival yeah. right there. Battle of the Bards. I'm telling you, it's going to be some, some monster harvesting They're harvesting there. bodies, but that's a whole different kind of thing. Uh, that's a good point, yeah. Making more baby bards. Uh, the theme of plenty. Indeed. Because, again, it's harvest time. There's lots of food to go around. Maybe you're pickling a whole bunch of stuff, and maybe that's part of the festival. Sometimes work is involved with the festival as well. Originally, particularly if you're like in an agrarian society. Mm-hmm. Because the, the community is getting together and doing things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfulness. Just giving thanks. Yeah. Look at all this bounty that we have. Indeed. In temperate climes, color or the changing of the seasons is often encountered in a fall festival. Very much so. Less so in like the southern climes, but you could probably come up with some kind of analog for that. You'd have to be very southern for it not to, at least in some way, take place. Uh, another good one is preservation. You actually touched on it a little bit. All of this bounty has to last through the winter. Go make a pickle day. <laughs> that would be a great, I would celebrate that holiday. I love pickles. Me too. 
All types Kim, of pickles. Pickles, kimchi, every all that yeah. good stuff. Sauerkraut, man. run Sour, it. Yeah, Let's do just, it. God, just, you know, when I'm dead, just pickle me and take small nibbles out of my body. Gonna pass on the cannibalism, but but I appreciate the offer. I just, I'm, you know, it is an offer. I'm just saying. You guys are welcome to if I ever die. I'm not trying to turn it to a Wendigo. Yeah. Okay. Good, uh, <laughs> good for you. Market day or trade is also another option as a theme because as the fall turns and things start getting colder, maybe all the merchants gather to sell the last of their wares or maybe to sell stuff that they've stocked up for, like, I don't know, pots and pans. Extra firewood, some coal, you know, stuff to keep you warm during the winter. Well, especially in northern climates, like, uh, it's going to be very difficult to get places soon. So maybe they all kind of settle for the winter. Exactly. And because there's a lot of people gathered, it's time to party, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Another one that is both real world and fantasy world is the thinning of the veil. And to some extent the theory of disease on top of that. So the thinning of the veil, meaning when the spirits kind of cross over and such. Indeed. A lot of fun there. And and I could see how disease also relates to that because it's starting to get cold. You know, as the seasons change, people get sick. And oftentimes, especially if you don't have modern medicine, people- or Magic. Or magic, yeah. People, when they get sick, they die. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bad times. Yeah. So- it only makes sense that those two kind of walk hand in hand. I totally agree. And finally, the concept of fear, either real or imagined. Yes. Now, if you're living in a fantasy world, that fear could literally be the replay of a horrible event that happened. Yeah. Or the expectation of horrible events. Every fall when it gets cold, the trolls run out of food. And so they come over the mountains mm -hmm. and they eat people. And so this celebration is... To celebrate the people that lived. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And it could be a playful sort of fear, much like Halloween, right? Oh, it's spoopy time. Oh, don't go into the woods. Old man Winters will get you. He's dressed like a troll. No, that's that's not old man Winters. That's actually a troll. <sighs> yeah, I just ate another person. It's time to celebrate. Let's talk about some themes for winter festivals. Okay. Uh, the two that walk hand in hand are light and darkness. And because... Obviously, days are getting very short. Uh, appreciation for daylight and or appreciation for fires rises significantly with the amount of dark you're dealing with. Sure. And of course, the more northern or southern you are in terms of like near the poles, then it's gonna it might be dark for days or light for days. Who knows? Indeed. Especially if you get into like the Arctic Circle and stuff. Or even just very, very short days. Yeah. And that may just be on, on our concept of a world, too. So you're... Your game may differ. Absolutely. The concept of warmth makes a lot of sense as far as a winter holiday, right? Keeping warm. Yeah, celebrate with a little hot toddy or two or, or seven. Yes, indeed. Got to spike your eggnog a little bit. I'm yeah. just saying. Spike it a lot. The The concept of community is also also tends to be really big for winter festivals, largely because community is what keeps any given individual alive during winter yeah if you're an asshole this is the time you start <laughs> it's entirely possible <laughs> the concept of gift giving tends to be ubiquitous in a winter festival it's true and it can be you know throughout the year but we think of christmas and all the other holidays that's a good time to 
toss in a fantasy holiday, right? Absolutely. And I think that's largely because people get trapped at home and they start doing crafts and things like that and giving gifts to each other, exchanging gifts, that sort of thing. It's it's a good morale boost in the middle of the darkest, coldest time, right? It it makes sense. Go back to pickle day, right? <laughs> Indeed. I've made too many pickles. Grandma's already pickled. I've pickled everything in the house. I got to give some of these pickles away. There's only so many pickles I can potentially eat. Indeed. I mean, obviously, we're talking winter, so snow. Snow is a great holiday festival idea, right? The first day of snow turns into just a big snow day. You might have snow fights and sled races and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. They might gather snow up and add a little flavoring to it. Indeed. Be fun, right? Yeah. The concept of peace or rest tends to be a winter festival as well. Think about it. You're sitting there. There's nothing to do. It's already snowing. Right. You've already done all your crops for the year. Yeah. You've you've harvested them. You've pickled them. You're sitting there in your house. You've got a roaring fire and a big fat dog laying in your lap. What you going to do? What you going to do? No, I mean, aside from make more little farmers. Right. That's about it. Read, eat. There you go. Rest up till it's springtime. Got to plant more crap, right? Yep. Remembrance is another one that is big for winter and i mean autumn and winter but largely in winter and i think that partially ties to the happy memories that people have of celebrating with family members and friends that are now gone right so remembrance becomes a part of that and finally we have starvation or at least the observance of starvation because it's the winter time sure so you might have a celebratory party to make sure people don't starve or remember those that have And death. Sure. It is the death of the year and the beginning of the new year. Absolutely. So those are the themes that we've come up with. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a pretty good one. Yeah. We actually put some work into that one. We, in fact, did. You can kind of tell. Now we're going to change it up a little bit, and we have what, Matt? It's time for the question of the week. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming it's festival related. It is somewhat. Cool. Is it a fall or winter festival? It could be. It could be. Okay. It's going to be dependent on your answer. Awesome. What do we got? What are a couple festival games or contests that you might lay out for your players? Games or contests? I've got a contest and a game. Okay. So the contest, I'm going to bring back coal carving as a contest. All right. I like that. Got a lot of coal for the winter. Yeah, sitting around doing nothing. That coal's just sitting there. It needs to be whittled. And so you sit in the daytime and whittle the best figure out of coal. Don't get it near a lamp because, you know. Right. You do it during the day. Then it'll be the last one you whittle. Sure. But I would say that'd be kind of a cool thing to bring back into a game. You imagine this old old miser just sitting back and forth. He's rocking on his 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 chair. chair. Yeah, he's on his front porch. It's snowing outside. What you doing there, old timer? Just carving coal. Working on my coal land. Troll comes wandering up. He lights the first one he has, just (laughs) tosses it at the troll. And that's how you get rid of trolls. This is my coal slingshot. You find out he's been carving them in the shape of a middle finger raised. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It'd be awesome. I'm going to be like that old guy someday, carving (laughs) coal in the shape of middle fingers, tossing at people. Sure. So you got your coal carving. What was your other one? Uh, it's go- it's called the hibernation game. Okay. But it's not, you're not hibernating. I think it'd be fun in, especially 
especially in a fantasy setting where things hibernate a lot more because mm-hmm. you've got not just sleeping bears, but sleeping owl bears. Sure. That a couple of drunk toughs play a contest or game where they have to wake up a hibernating creature and survive. And whoever survives, then maybe they become the ruler of the town or something for the year or for the end of the year or sure. at least until the blood clots. That would be hilarious. Can you imagine? Come on. All right. They get liquored up a little bit. They go out to the nearest forest. There's a sleeping owl bear cave just right up the street. They're the, fe- they're the uh, festival king. The festival king. There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. You don't want somebody who's dumb enough to wake up an owl bear to be in charge of anything other than a party. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you get to be king for? Well, I woke up this owl bear. That's how I got these scars. Yeah, I punched him right in his face. He clawed me, and I ran Smacked like him a in hell. the beak, and he bit off my fingers. That's <laughs> yeah. Looked like I came from a woodshop class. All right, what are yours for? Like a, a Halloween style flavored one. I like the idea of uh, okay, you know the little the little pellet gun games where you have to shoot the target. Sure. In this case, you're throwing little mini carved jack-o'-lanterns mm-hmm. at uh, targets that are moving that are like little Ichabod cranes. So you got to shoot the headless horseman. No, you're playing the headless horseman. Oh, you're horseman. playing yeah. the headless horseman. Oh. Because you're the one throwing the so jack o you get to shoot Ichabod with your heads? Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great game. And I also, you know, I love the idea of a cooking contest. Right, like who's making the best jams? Who's making the best chili? Like, just a cook-off of some type. Pie contest. You haven't seen Grandma's pickle? That's right. And it's just one. It's because Grandma is pickled. Right. Yeah. Roll her up. But take a taste. Don't turn into a Wendigo, though. Right. <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I just that just tickles me for some strange reason. I'm. It pickles me as well. It does. I'm interested to hear what you guys come up with. And if you have an interesting idea for a festival contest or game, hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter. Yeah. Or you could find us on all the other social media channels. Indeed. Of which there are many. You could probably comment below whatever you're listening or watching this on. You could, in fact. Yes. <laughs> so we wouldn't be who we were if we didn't come up with some festivals that we've created for you to use freely in your campaign. It's true. And uh, we've come up with how many, Matt? I believe it's four, two for autumn and two for winter. That sounds great, right? And these are just examples. Uh, We're kind of tickled by a couple of these. And they have many of the similar characteristics we just described. So we'll we'll tell you how long it is, what kind of uh, people, you know, like what kind of clothes they wear, what sort of food they might eat, any strange magical quirks and monsters, all that good stuff. And so, Matt, you actually have the first one. It's a fall festival called Good Meat. Indeed. Tell me about good. Is it M E E T or M E A T? It is M E E T. Okay. Although it is interchangeable. Sure. Because it's a festival, there's food. So let's start off. The description This colorful celebration of the fall harvest began with merchants in a local region, but has now spread to much of the realms. Okay. So it's a, it started as a merchant festival. Very cool. It is a week-long festival that takes place in either like a grand market or a large field with harvest goods. Participants decorate their stalls and themselves in a riot of colorful clothing, 
shiny beads, tassels, anything that co- that shows the colors of the season. Yeah, food's in town. The merchants are here. It's time to party. Yeah, yeah and you might as well look good while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, look good, feel good. The stalls are filled with both fresh and preserved wares, as well as many gifts from as many of the places as the merchants roam. So, I mean, obviously, you got to bring back the good stuff for people. I could see this on any world, like mm-hmm. any game world. This would be perfect for and part of the reason why, uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier, that this is uh, largely a market-style festival is because it's getting late in the season, and this may be the last chance that any given community can buy gifts and stuff for later in the year. Last time to buy that coat before it gets cold. <laughs> that too. Yeah. What are some games of skill and, and, and stuff like that in, in uh, Good Meat? So you're going to have basically any sorts of carnival games or things like that so that the kids can have fun as well, you know, while the parents are out shopping and sure. vice versa. Also, you're going to have cooking contests. It's a harvest festival. People are going to be cooking. I love that. There's also, at the end of it, a grand feast for all of the participants when everything's said and done. So. I've cooked all this food. You're judging who has the best food. They're setting it aside because they're just going to taste a little bit of it. And what, what are you going to do with all this food? You're not going to throw it away. Nope. You give it to the villagers, right? Absolutely. Everybody gets full, got a belly full of mead, a belly full of meat, perhaps? Indeed. I love that. Do we have any quirks or strange things about good meat? Somewhat. You actually touched on one just, just t- briefly. One of the nicknames of good meat is also good mead. Mm-hmm. Because it's unlucky for your cup to be empty and people will leave a little bit in their cup rather than empty or clean the cup. That's a cool little belief or taboo, right? Right. That just adds a little flavor to your game. Don't don't leave your cup empty. Maybe people come by and refill it. Exactly. Like if you're if you're new in town and people recognize that and they see your cup is empty, they might drop a little something in your cup just and then explain the tradition to you. Sure. Anyone celebrating good meat ends up with wonderful exchanges amongst the merchants and gains advantage on any influence to barter or purchase. So you just get a bonus to talk to merchants and stuff like that. Sure. Everybody's in their cups a little bit. Everybody's having a good time. I love that. Also, affluent citizens are known to hide small money pouches throughout the festival. What a wonderful kind of like little gift giving quirk. Indeed. Nothing magical about that, although it could be. It could be. How do they hide them, right? They might have. You know, if you're an affluent citizen, you're probably not the sneakiest person, depending on how you got your affluence. That's a good point, yeah. So they might might have it snuck around by magical means, but yeah, so that's good meat. Very cool. You have a interesting festival for us called confluence yes it is a fall festival again we're doing mm-hmm. two of each this is the to celebrate the thinning of the veils mm-hmm. the I borders know. of reality get a little shifty veils i like that yeah oh yeah more than one so the description is when the last new moon occurs just after the leaves have changed color and fallen the realms which surround the prime material plane begin to merge and a battle it out for primacy this all-day festival celebrates the great battles which take place in realms beyond mortal comprehension. Interesting. So the veil gets thin. Things are trying to cross over the border. Everybody's fighting to gain primacy on who 
rules the prime, and this is a celebration about that, about the great battles. All right. Confluence starts first in the houses of worship uh, in the morning. So whatever you happen to believe in, you go to that church, right? Where the priests of the various faiths describe the various battles over time for the realms of mortals. So you start there. Then you get hammered. Okay. So as the sun begins its downward descent, mm-hmm. I want you to imagine this. You get out of church. The festival goers then don bright costumes representing their stance in the battle, and they play their characters throughout the festival. So, for example, maybe I'm playing a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. That represents fire. Maybe farmers represent fey creatures because they're connected Life to energy. nature. Yeah. Sure. Wizards maybe represent the ethereal or the astral plane. Okay, makes sense. This generally spills over into various taverns as the evening progresses. Okay. So you dress up as a different character. And you go out carousing. Right. And it doesn't have to be your profession. Right. So I could be, and this is where the hilarity assumes, I could be a wizard, like my character be a wizard, but I put on a blacksmith outfit representing fire. Sure. Which would be kind of neat. Which still would work for a wizard. Because he sets you on fire. Right. Probably. Yeah. Festival goers are encouraged to challenge other people during confluence. Okay. Uh, particularly if they're on an opposing side. So you're not going to challenge the same person. Right. They can challenge as many people as they like at any point throughout the day, but the opposing side gets to determine what kind of game that challenge takes place. Okay. So I challenge you, you get to pick the game. That's only fair. Sure. I think that's very fair. Whoever wins gets the other person's mask, thereby representing the loss of the planar faction over mortals. Okay. So if you're a fey and I'm a blacksmith representing a fire creature, then I get your mask, then the fey creatures lose one, which is a cool representation of the battles that took place. Right. Master return to the winner's church at the end of confluence. Whichever church contains the most mass gains primacy in the city for running all of the high holidays, marriages, festivals, and so forth. So it's a, it's a clout game is yeah. what it ends up being. Yeah. So everybody dresses up. They all try to grab as many masks as possible. They then return to their church, and one church wins to be able to kind of rule over the other churches in terms of, you know, getting the good spot in terms of festivals and potentially gaining worship, right? Absolutely. So actually, a person that's slightly good at a lot of things would probably be better at this than someone who's really good at something. Absolutely. because Yeah, I like that. Because if... Unless you just stand around and wait to get challenged, and then you, if you're the warrior, you're like, I choose arm wrestling, right? And then you will win every time. Sure, but how many people are going to challenge someone who's an absolute brick house? Exactly. Because so they already know. So if you're unassuming as possible with a variety of skills, then you will win. Or you walk around with disguise self. Yes. Now, this <laughs> represents the ancient battle when clerics of various faiths back in time fought a planar incursion. So that's where the story comes from in terms of conflict. So at some point in time, the, the veil literally was thin. Things started popping through the realms and shit got real, right? Sure. And so the clerics banded together, fought back the planar incursion, and this is a celebration of that. And it's representing the various creatures that came through. Very cool. Yeah. Knowing who to challenge, right, is also a good lesson for people to recognize only do stick with what you're good at. Like if there is an incursion, right. And mm-hmm. you're a fire person, maybe, maybe don't run up against people who aren't hurt by fire. It's very possible. 
So what are uh, what are some of the taboos? Okay, I've got a couple. Uh, first off, it's improper for adults to challenge children. Sure. But not vice versa. Kids can challenge adults. Nice. Yeah. Players may not challenge the same side they're on. We mentioned that already. And then church discourage rivalries in their own house, which makes sense. Sure. And also no blood sports or dangerous games. You don't want to kill anybody. Right. This, this is just, this is supposed to be for fun. Uh, we do have some quirks though. Okay. First off, strongly representing a faction increases your ability to make a warlock pact or create a warlock pact. Interesting. I mean, makes sense. Yeah, because you're pretending to be something else and the veil is thin at this time of year. And so what a great way for your character to maybe gain a particular pact as a warlock. Yeah. Also, as everyone is in masks, there is sometimes the chance that actual denizens from the planes will play with mortals. They'll show up. In costume. And costume and start <laughs> messing around with people. Nice. If the mortal wins, the creatures reveal themselves for what they are and deliver a boon to the player. If the uh, mortal loses, well, you know, it is what it is, yeah. right? Make your decision. So that's Confluence. I like that. Seems like fun. Yeah, it is fun. Now we've got two winter festivals, and I believe you have the first one, which is really interesting. Uh, it's Long Watch and First Dawn. Tell me a bit about that. All right. So. It's a winter festival of remembrance and community. Okay. On the last night of the year, watchers gather to shepherd the way home for their deceased loved ones. And as dawn crests the horizon, the community breaks their fast together to renew their bonds. Interesting. So it is a uh, kind of like a community remembrance of loved ones and stuff like that. Yes. So the way it works is long watch and first dawn last for one evening that's divided into two parts. Okay. So the first part, I'm assuming, is long watch. Indeed. People who have lost someone throughout the year stand vigil outside in the cold over the course of an entire evening. People who have not lost someone bring them food, warm beverages, things to keep them, you know, alive. From, yeah, and from safe. becoming part of the long watch. Right. A member of the community may volunteer to stand vigil for those that have none to mourn them. I could see this as maybe like right after a battle. Yeah. Definitely, particularly in like a medieval setting and stuff like that. Absolutely. Okay, so that's the long watch. What's first dawn then? First dawn is at the end of the vigil, the entire community gathers together for a large morning feast. Oh, cool. Everybody gets together for breakfast, right? It's a chance for people to get warm and, you know kind of renew the bonds of their community we stood all night remembering the dead ones but the living are still here and let's let's all have something to eat exactly that's very nice this tends to be a somber occasion and as such most people just dress warmly for the evening vigil so no colorful garments on this one it's just whatever you've got available indeed as the sun rises garments often change in favor of yellow or gold tones signifying the rising sun okay i'm I'm sensing very much a, uh, I'm going Forgotten Realms here, but a Lathander Morning Lord type of vibe. That would be good. Uh, Paylor would be good for Sure, it. yeah, Paylor. Any sun god would be pretty cool with this because it's, you know, the whole rising of the sun. A non-evil god of death, like uh, Kelimvor. Kelimvor would work with this as well, particularly for the Long Watch portion. Yep. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Interestingly, many unexpected romances have occurred during long watch as helpers make their intentions 
known during the evening. Sure. Fancy someone in your eye. What better way than if they're doing the long watch? Give them something to eat. Yeah. You know, uh, give them a warm hug. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. Sure. Oftentimes, paladins will make their oaths during first dawn. That also makes sense. Indeed. Again, particularly, trolls raise this village. We go through. You can see they're burying the dead. The fall festival's done. You know, like winter has set in. This is the new year. I take my my long watch. The new year rises for first dawn. I put my paladin armor on. It's great for oath of vengeance. It's good for uh, oath of devotion. It's, I mean, there's several of them that it's really solid. It's time to fuck up some trolls, is what it is. Drown in the swamp. Awesome. Are there any taboos during Long Watch or First Dawn? Absolutely. Any crime committed during Long Watch is punished to the furthest extent of the law. Sure. This is a night of people mourning the people they lost this year. If you're out committing B&E and stuff like that, somebody's going to wreck you. Bad time to be the thief. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. It's a great time to be a thief as long as you're super good at not getting caught. If you get caught. Bad times. Bad times. It is considered unlucky to fight or argue during Long Watch or First Dawn. That makes sense. Again, you're trying to bring the community together. Indeed. That makes a lot of sense. What about quirks? There is a chance that during the Watcher's vigil, they may see or interact with their deceased loved one. How thematically appropriate, right? You're doing the vigil for the loved one, and it'd be great if you're playing a game where there's a lot of like role-playing in there, even some romance uh, yeah. options and stuff like that. And so you're standing watch, your lover's dead. She kind of, you see her kind of fading into view yep. right yep. before she heads to the Shadowlands. Uh, another quirk of Long Watch is most monsters and beasts recognize the movements of the spirits of the dead and they just leave the area for a little while. Yeah, plus if they stick around, that's when all the paladins take their oath and they'll be like, the first thing I'm going to vengeance on is you. So my options are <laughs> dealing with the restless spirits or the newly energized paladins. Maybe right here is not it's the best time place. to get out. Yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to dip for a bit. Yeah, not not a great thing to do. Okay, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a great that's a great winter festival, right? It's not a super party or anything like that. It's just very thematic. Yeah. Speaking, why speaking of a super party. Oh, mine's a super party. Why don't you tell me about all bagging? All bagging. It is a winter gag gift giving festival. All right. I love this idea. I think this this was definitely invented by gnomes, but it doesn't have to be. No. So this three day festival represents the three mythical farmers who started the holiday. The first farmer, having a surplus of food, shared his crops with his fellows. The second farmer, having a surplus of tools, shared these with the others. The third farmer, being a wise-ass, gave the gift of laughter to all. Hey, laughter is very important. Yeah. Oh, no, laughter is the best medicine, it's a great right? great gift, yep. So it is a gift-giving festival, obviously. Uh, more of a white elephant style. Sure. Gag gifts and stuff like that. So... Festival goers can give gifts of food, tools, other useful things, of course, but primarily they give weird, strange, or funny gifts. I think this is wonderful. This just sends my brain this spinning. Is, oh, I've so, got... so flavorful for mm-hmm. a game, right? Uh, cookies, sweets, dried meats, and so forth are the common fare during all bagging because that's what you got lying around, right? It's mm-hmm. middle of winter. 
You got, Absolutely. You got baked goods, preserved food, so forth. The festival often takes place in the home, which makes sense, but also throughout the community, particularly in taverns, concert and civic halls, market areas, or wherever people gather. Sure. Makes sense. Now, I consider this to be a bardic festival as well, and I'll tell you why. Pranks are encouraged during this time of year, which lighten the spirits during the dark days. People dress lively for comedic value. See where this is going? Sure. They're gathering around. Mm -hmm. People are going to prank each other, a lot of laughter and stuff like that. So a common contest involves playing a straight-faced, so seeing who can make the other person laugh first. Losers buy the next round. Sure. Simple as that, right? Bards come into town during all baggings, sing for comedic music, tell jokes, make people laugh. Sounds like a great time. Sounds like an awesome time, doesn't it? I'm absolutely cooking the spiciest cookies ever made. Like oh, and 100 just handing them out? Oh, absolutely, it's, man. It's so much ginger. It's just ginger with a little ginger bit Ginger and cayenne. Yeah. <laughs> that would be perfect for all baggings. I would enjoy them, but... I mean, I would it would too. be a prank for most people. People would be really pissed. That'd be funny, right? Sure. What are uh, what are the rituals and taboos for for all bagging? So there's a specific ritual. Uh, bards and other performers that perform during all bagging encourage hecklers to heckle them during this time. So nice. instead of them not encouraging it, they sure. allow, they want people to heckle them, but they can heckle back, right? As it should be. You're you're trading jokes. Right. That makes sense. And, well, this also trains the bards, too, if you think about it. Sure. Got to handle a crowd, right? Yeah. Yep. Tough crowd. Uh, dangerous or mean-spirited pranks are frowned upon. Makes sense. This is supposed to be a joyful time. Right. It is considered unlucky to draw a sword during all bagging. Again, it's supposed to be a joyful time. Absolutely. Are there any quirks for all bagging? There's one or two. Uh, the first one is common. Okay. Like, in bold, common, common. Okay. for good-natured fae to spend time at all bagging festivals. I get it, because they're known to be prankful and- Right up their alley. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Also, priests of rogue gods, trickster gods, music gods, will provide free blessings during this time of year. Very cool. Makes As sense. it should be. Sure. It's realistically their festival. And hilarious. Mm-hmm. So that's all bagging. I would even add uh, a farmer god to that list. Oh, yeah, because there's- Because it's about three farmers. Or a tool god, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Make little metal hand buzzers to give to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Some thematic ideas, some ways to kind of get started building your own fall or winter festival, some just kind of fun, whet your appetite examples that we have here, and of course, a lot about pickles. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. Did you like this show? We hope so. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. Click the five stars. Give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe button as well as the notification bell. It helps get us in front of more people. It boosts our show and it feeds the hungry algorithm. Just currently coming up with a jar of spices and some vinegar to pickle you. I'm telling you, that pickles are great. I'm just going to eat. I need pickles now. Let's eat some kimchi and some pickles. Absolutely. Man, I'd love some green pickled mango right now. Let's do it. That'd be delicious. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The 
Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. This is a subterranean production. Basic.